to anyone out there who owns your own business, they see how much an entrepreneur works. I'm not saying that every person doesn't work, but as an entrepreneur, it is seven days a week. And if you have a farm, it is definitely seven days a week. I tell everyone on Christmas morning, guess what? You have to feed the animals on Thanksgiving evening. The animals have to be fed. So I think they see that too in just how hard an entrepreneur does work because, I mean, you don't have a paid vacation. But I think also most entrepreneurs, and I would ask what you think about this, they're doing something they love. And so in in essence, I may be working seven days a week and have a very difficult, long schedule. But in some senses of the word, it's not truly work to me because I enjoy it. Hey, it's Margot Tantow here. Welcome to Windowsill Chats, a podcast for creatives and the creatively curious. I am so glad you're here. I've spent decades working with artists and being one myself. I've spent time in the trenches, figuring out the best way to get something made, how to put oneself out there, how to get your work noticed, and pull yourself up and face the next challenge. Windowsill Chats brings you creativity from a global perspective, as I talk in depth to friends I've met along the way. I'm here to bring their stories to you, as well as a few of my own, and see if there's anything you can pull out for yourself. Maybe a laugh, something you can relate to, and definitely a little bit more community for your quiet corner. So grab a cup of tea or coffee or a glass of wine and join me over in my sunny windowsill. Yes, I need your trouble. So glad you're here with me on this episode of Windowsill Chats. I really, really enjoyed today's conversation. I got to spend a great amount of time with Natasha McCrary, who is the heart, brains, and business mind behind 1818 Farm in Mooresville, Alabama. It's just really so interesting to talk to somebody who has made an idea come to life. And it's much bigger than that. It's it's her home. It's where she's raised her kids. It, certainly her husband has generations of his family there. And it just sounds wonderful. So it was great to have the chance to kind of dig into her thought process and be able to share that with you. A little bit more about 1818 Farms and how it came to be. After one of Natasha's sons became interested in raising his own sheep, she began to dream of her own plans for a small, profitable farm where she could teach her children to appreciate the land and animals and to be good conservationists, which I love. She also wanted to teach them the importance of sustainability and eating local real food. Located on three acres in the northwest corner of the historic village of Mooresville, Alabama, population 58, which we talk about, 1818 Farms is named for the year Mooresville was incorporated, one year before Alabama became a state. The happy animal residents on their little farm include Baby Doll Southdown Sheep, which I recommend looking up if you've never heard of them. I want one now. A Nubian Goat, 
hens, cats, mini pigs, and great Pyrenees guardian dogs. In an adjacent field, over 14,000 flowers show off their best colors and blooms, having been lovingly and carefully tended to, bringing beauty today and providing seeds for future seasons. Can you imagine what that looks like? Events of all types are hosted in their garden, under the pavilions, and in the adjacent garden house. The Bloom and Stroll Bouquet Workshops are a beautiful way to enjoy 1818 Farms while learning more about locally grown flower varieties. And we give you a good list of what to start with if you're interested. The Garden House is also home to a series of classes, including seed starting, raising backyard chickens, wreath making, flower preparation, and arranging. I think I'm taking a trip. Additionally, the landscape of their historic farm makes a beautiful backdrop for special events and photo shoots. 1818 Farms Bath and Beauty products have grown from their commitment to the farm and the need for simple products that really work. Featured on the labels are some of the more popular farm animals from Farrah Fawcett's Bath Tea and Clover's Lip Smack to Sweet Pea and her Scented Shea Cream, which seems to be a crowd favorite. These products are all handmade, hand-packaged, and include therapeutic-grade ingredients, which is a hard thing to keep consistent, I'm sure. You can find these products in stores throughout the United States and on their online site. Despite the growth of 1818 Farms over the years, they continue to use the original small batch recipes to make simple and effective bath and body favorites, which I just think is remarkable what Natasha has been able to do with all the help from her farm work team members, her family, her parents. And she mentions a, a wonderful gentleman who is able to get anything done and realize her creative ideas. So it takes a village, I guess, but I'm excited to share with you the lovely Natasha McCrary and all that she has put her heart into. Natasha, thank you so much for being here today. I am Really looking forward to hearing more about you and your business and what you've carved out in that beautiful countryside. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to share our story. Yeah, absolutely. So to me, it's a giant creative venture. Like you have products around the U.S. and you have animals and kids and and classes and events and a beautiful farm and Tell me how you, well, <laughs> this is a giant question, but how'd you get there? <laughs> yeah. It, and it's, this is interesting and it's, it's nice to share the story this year marks our 10 year anniversary. I read so, that. That's so exciting. And you've, so you've been honored for that. I noticed too, which is yeah, really exciting. Yeah, so it's great. And, um, but what I like to tell people, anyone out there who's listening, you know, we didn't get where we were today in one year, we got where we are today in 10 years and anything worth having is going to be hard work and don't ever, I think a lot of people will contact me and say, Oh, I, I feel like I'm a failure. I'm not where so-and-so is or where you are. And I'm like, well, I've been grinding at this for 10 years. This didn't Have you been overnight. doing it for three weeks? <laughs> yeah. No, I know. Yeah. I'm like, it doesn't, but no, what we started uh, really when we started the farm, this was just going to be a agritourism destination. And also it was more really to teach our children about, sustainability and and giving back to the land and we also wanted to have just a family building project and teach them let them see how you truly can start a business Mm -hmm. now given when I started that was at a farmer's market you know what I'm Mm -hmm. saying so it has evolved over the years but we were just going to have you know a handful of sheep and we were going to host field trips and teach classes on how to raise backyard chickens and how to you know because so many people are hungry hungry to learn to rate have a raised bed 
Yes. Um, I think yes. a lot of that for anyone out there listening, it was very common for your grandparents or at my age, your grandparents, depends on how old you are. Everyone had a garden. And yes. I think things just changed over the years and that art, it's an art form and it, it got lost. And yes. so I thought that was a great teaching. Um, like a big part of our mission is education. Mm. Um, so, you know, we really wanted to just have a family building, you know, project and it just turned into a family business. So it sort of changed. It wasn't going to be a business, but you know, it was more just something to do as a family. Right. Right. And things evolved. Yes. And it's interesting how that happens. And it, usually it happens. Well, it, it, I'm probably, you have some great examples of how it just evolved into that with a passion and with, oh my goodness, here we are. But imagine now what your kids know that they wouldn't have if you hadn't gone that way. Cause a business yes. is a great, <laughs> the biggest teacher. And we laugh because I'm not sure now that they see anyone out there who owns your own business, they see how much an entrepreneur works. I'm not saying that every person doesn't work, but as an entrepreneur, it is seven days a week. And if you have a farm, it is definitely seven days a week. Yes. I tell everyone on Christmas morning, guess what? Yep. You have to feed the animals on Mm -hmm. Thanksgiving evening. The animals have to be fed. So I think they see that too. in just how hard an entrepreneur does work because I mean, you don't have a paid vacation. I mean, it's, you just don't have that. But I think also most entrepreneurs, and I would ask what you think about this, they're doing something they love. Right. And so in in essence, I may be working seven days a week and have a very difficult, long schedule, but in some senses of the word, it's not truly work to me. Right. And that's because I enjoy it. Right. It's almost like I've tied hobbies and, you know, when I go to the get my physical every year. He's like, what are your hobbies? What do you enjoy doing? And he's like, well, that's what you do for work. And I'm like, well, I like those things. Isn't I'm that handy? They, they, yeah. the, two, the two roads collided, you know? And it so is what I, you chose yeah. is, is physical. It uses your brain a lot. It uses your body. It uses your creativity. Like what can you create for others? You, you get to interact with people. It just seems like a lot of wonderful things come together yes. to create the business that you have. Yes. Like this morning. So we started out, I checked in with the office because we have our, our, where our farm is, that's where the flowers and the animals and you know, that piece. And then we have the manufacturing mm-hmm. office who makes all manufactures, all the bath products. So usually it starts with, I check in with them. And if, because at this time of year, we're now in May, we're all boots on the ground at the farm because yes it's, you know, we're, we're cutting and harvesting and drying and pressing flowers and, you know, starting like yesterday was starting seeds. So just today we've already talked to the office. I have already, we've already cut for I think 16 subscription bouquets that we're about to build for those. Then we pressed some flowers this morning. And then as I was getting ready to leave to come to this, two people stopped and one person was wanting interested in our little baby doll lambs because they yeah. want to start a petting zoo. And they came like five hours away and I didn't oh know they gosh. were coming. Oh, gosh. And another person dropped in. They're like, it's not even at 1030. What's happened? So our days are, most days we look down and we go, how can it be 1 p.m.? I yes. mean, you know, but that's good. You're, you're enjoying what you do if you have to look down and you're not like, oh my goodness. It's, it's 11 o'clock and we're still, what, how much day is left? We're always right. like, we didn't get everything done. So, yeah. and, so it's and, it's, and it's beautiful things like pressing flowers and dealing with the, I was reading up on those baby doll lamps. I was like, oh, I'm going to have to oh, put that they're on my the list. Cutest, they're the cutest ever, ever. And they stopped by and I hated to not let them see them. So I let them come in for a second. And especially 
our lambs are so tame and people, you know, they just kind of follow you around like a little dog. And I wanted her to see that, especially starting a petting zoo, I was giving her advice. And if you, you know, we have a, a fairly long waiting list because I don't overbreed our sheep. I give, and a lot of mine are retired. And I said, what I encourage you to do is when you're going to get these for your petting zoo, they need to be tame like this because then the, the owner has spent time. They don't, that type of livestock doesn't, you know, doesn't arrive tame. It's no. just, that's how it is. So I was, I wanted to encourage her to be sure that they're tame for yes. a petting zoo. So. <laughs> My goodness. All the things, all the things that happened. In all the, the crazy day. things. You yeah, didn't wake things. up thinking about a petting zoo this morning. <laughs> I did not think that someone would come in the gate and they would, you know, unexpectedly like that, but that's how the day goes sometimes. Oh my gosh. I love that. So when you, before you started the farm, did, were you involved in something completely different so you could really appreciate what you're yes. doing now? Polar. You could not get any more polar opposite of what I was doing. So, well, my degree is marketing. And after college, I went and worked for a company called Anderson Consulting, which is Accenture now uh, in computer programming. Mm. And then I did that a couple of years. And then I did pharmaceutical sales, oh, wow. which for like five years. And then I was a stay at home mom. Yep. And then I started a nonprofit for um, t- to help feed and also let be a room mom in schools that are title one, which are underprivileged children living in poverty. So I did that for several years. I think we fed probably 25,000 meals when I was the director of that. So, um, yeah, I'd say what I was doing was nothing like what I'm doing now. I mean, I had a small little garden and I grew up, my family has always gardened. Mm -hmm. So that wasn't that foreign to me. Um, But as far as a job, I would think you couldn't be more polar opposite. For sure. Than what we're doing now. Yeah. So you really do understand the scope of what it's like to show up in different ways for different people and different organizations. And, and now yes. you can do yes. it And way. that was one of the reasons uh, when I started the children first, um, I mean, I, I was the director. So, you know, we just had, and it was based off donations. I didn't have a boss. And then when my kids were getting back in school, I wanted to go back to work. But I, when I saw that, I no longer wanted a boss. Yes. I don't know if that, you know what I mean? I wanted to be oh, yeah. control my own destiny. Not that you don't control your own destiny, when you're working for someone else, but you certainly are doing it more if you're an entrepreneur. You are. There's, there's a lot to be said for making a decision that is your decision and it, and it affects your day and nobody else really, if it's a good decision, great. If it's a bad decision, it's still yours, you know? Right. Exactly. Exactly. And, and you have failures. I tell people, and I've said this a million times, my best learning experiences have been in this business have been failures. Yes, for sure. Right. Uh, you know, and if anyone, especially when you're a far, flower farmer, I mean, like, you know, you struggle with pests and you struggle with like right now it hasn't rained. We probably had a, a half an inch rain in five, four or five weeks. Oh, so we're struggling against that. I mean, yeah. but you learn different, you know, just different ways of handling that and, and how different it is every year. And, and, you know, your products count on many of those things, but you oh, have to be flexible and shift. Totally. And, you know, like, for example, um, I mean, the pandemic, and I'm sure for everyone, for us, especially supply chain has been extremely difficult yeah. on the side of, you know, used, you know, years ago, if I needed an order of jars, I called three months of, ahead of time. Now I have to be a year out and you hope yeah. and pray that you get them or there's so many raw materials that we just can't, that, you know, you never had to worry about. Right. You know, not being able to receive shea butter. I mean, now you're just praying that it's there. Yeah. So it has also 
that side has been challenging in the pandemic for us is the supply chain. I mean, I know people hear that and they may be like, if you're sitting at home and you aren't dealing with that, it's hard to really understand. But when you're like last year, we had all of our, let's say you have 50,000 jars. We had no lids for the jars. So, you know what I'm saying? You're like, okay, so I finally got the jar and now there is no lid. Yeah. So we were like, you know, scrambling to try and find a substitute lid or a substitute color of a jar. You know, it's just been very, uh, you have to be flexible during this. And I think overall our customers, you know, we just were pretty much like the packaging may be a little bit different. This is beyond our control. Right. They're more concerned about what's in the product, you know, that the product is first quality, not necessarily, they know the packaging will become what it was. It's just out of our control. It's interesting, isn't it? Because I deal with supply chain on the daily as well. And, and you, the things that it had, the creativity, if to pick a word (laughs) that it has made us figure out that, you know, the creative ways of thinking are how can I make this somewhere else? Or do I need a lid? Do I need this jar? Yes, eventually. But if I'm going to get product out and stay in business in this way, or keep these people employed, how, how can I shift? It's a big it is, and, and, you know, we were I was talking to our office manager like a week or two ago, and when it's above 76 degrees, we ship our products and we treat them as though they were a pharmaceutical or chocolate because they're no preservatives. They have melting points at 76 degrees. And we've had a struggle trying to get our insulated liners to ship in. Oh, and not only that, we'll order boxes and they don't have the boxes. And so, but then they want to change the box, but it doesn't fit the liner that we have. We oh have ordered. Goodness. So there's a lot of things that my office manager is like, if you told me this, a, even a year ago, that we can't get a box yeah. or a liner. I would have said, there's no way. Right. Cause it's just, we are so accustomed to having all the things. Yes. It's everything's been in our, at our fingertips and no waiting. So it has been definitely a challenge, but we've probably come out with some ideas that have worked, you know, and, and we got through, you know, mother's day for us is like, we call it Christmas on ice. Is what we call it because a lot of products here, I mean, Literally. Like today is 91 degrees. So the back of a UPS truck, you can imagine how hot it gets. Right. Um, right. But yeah, that's what we could say. We got, we got through Christmas on ice. We've had years of Mother's Day where it has been unseasonably cool, mm-hmm. but unfortunately this year it has been unseasonably warm. So oh my goodness. And the things too, that the learning, the learning, even when it was easy to get boxes and liners, like, oh my gosh, we're going to need liners. This are our melting point is 76 degrees. How do we deal with that? You know, just all the things, I think it's fascinating, fascinating really. And I, I love, it's one of the things I love about product development. It is never boring. There's always a twist. (laughs) Yes. And and I I think many people like us, what we found though now is we've really had to forecast out a year in advance and we try and overbuy now because we there's no promise it's there. So let's say we have beautiful hand packaged gift boxes or gift uh, tins that things are packaged in. Like we've had to really forecast out what will we sell the next six months to a year. And we have to use that cash now because yeah. if you don't spend the cash now, then you don't have the cash later. I mean, it, it, it you know, you have to take it, make it out of stock. So it is, and that way is also another challenging angle of trying to manage your cash flow because as anyone knows in this type of business, fourth quarter is where fourth quarter is where you make your money. Yes. Yeah. So, yeah. yep. It's, uh, it's, it's one of those things. Thank goodness for the cute lambs. <laughs> the yes. The lambs are the best. They're the best. And that's, and that is interesting for us too, 
The one thing that I love about this, and I think you touched on in the beginning is, and I had a, like a call last week with like a marketing. I'm really good. Like when someone calls me and they want me to do a survey, you know, a lot of people are like, hang up the phone, but this was right. important, important survey. And being a marketing major, I know how important that is. And I was explaining to him, you know, our business is, if you looked all over, you're not going to find a business that matches our mold. Right. Because it's so diverse. And that's the good thing is, you know, what I'm constantly thinking of on my end, whether it's a bath product or whether it is something that is coming with what we call from the farm, Mm -hmm. meaning, you know, we've grown it or it's the sheep's wool or something is I'm constantly trying to think of a product that is an unmet need. And really any, I tell that to any business person, you know, you don't want to bring something in where it's already saturated. Right. It's going to be harder to become a leader in that. Right. You want to bring a product out that there is an inherent need for. And that's the interesting part of having this farm is like today, you know, we've really gotten heavy. We have some new product project products coming out with the pressed flowers. I really touched a lot last year into natural textile dyeing. So that was, you know, another, another um, little our offshoot that we can take. So what I'm trying to think of, and one day I'm like, am I ever going to run out of ideas? Like last year, our big thing was our botanical wax sachets. I watched took- that video about those. Cause I was like, what, what is this? Very cool. Yes, I love all the products we make, but this one is my favorite and oh, people laugh. It's so beautiful because, too. Thank you. Because this is what's difficult is you have your workers at your corporate office, which is 25 miles from here. You have your, farm here you have the sheep this tied everything together so we're able to in an essence a botanical wax sachet is just like an air freshener you know it's like a sachet in the old days yeah but it's a wax with your fragrance then it's adorned with the beautiful dried flowers that we dry at the farm or even now we have a dehydrator at our office in Huntsville so yesterday I got a message from them they're like we love surprise grab boxes from the farm because we're so busy we're just putting stuff in boxes and crates and sending it to them to dry and then we spin the sheep's wool and it's the hanger for there so it's oh. it's very difficult to tie everything together but it also not only ties everything together as far as the different uh, facets of the farm it makes our workers more cohesive that they all feel like they're touching, you know, before you may never be at the farm, but maybe for a meeting, but now they have more of a, I can send things for them to dry there or they get excited and we send things. And then they still can say that about the sheep's wool. So I'm proud of a lot of products we do. And of course, like our shea creams always are number one seller, but this one to really tie our story together. I don't know if I could ever do that again. Uh, it's good. It's so, and just watch, you guys will have to watch the video. We'll have a link in the, in the show notes, but just the way you place the flowers and you know, each one's different, of course, because the materials and it just felt, it felt almost calming, just thinking about it with not, not to mention the smell I'm sure. And that, that the sheep are involved, everything's involved. Yes. That was great. And what we do, like we try and release every couple, like right now, the flower truck, because we have a flower truck. Gorgeous truck. I love that. 1965, right? Oh yeah. My baby blue. And we have one for this season. It was a flower truck for, we'll have fall at the farm. We have evergreen pass. So we have seasonal ones that we release and then pull back based on the season. And then we have our standard, like uh, blush berry, crisp linen, uh, white amber. Those are like your standard three that kind of fit any time of the year. Perfect. But it's also interesting what you have to think about in the 
and the way they're arranged, it's more like a piece of art. Mm-hmm. And the fact that like when we're like, let's say we were stripping all of our snapdragons as we were cutting them, we're saving every piece of greenery. Like some people think oh, dried yeah. flowers is just drying a flower, but if you want to make look a landscape, uh, you know, beautiful, look up, like a bouquet of flowers, you know, you want to save the stems, you need to right. save greenery. And there's certain flowers that absorb the wax too quickly, or you, you have to know when you're going to place them because they may sink. Like it's a lot of trial and error. Yeah. Hopefully the video makes it look easy, but it's not as easy as that because I've had a lot, you put it in in the beginning and we're like, oh, where did it go? It's at the bottom. <laughs> it's gone. And then we even do flower confetti, you know, at the back of it, we crumple a little flower confetti. So that's been really fun. And I think I'm looking forward to being a customer for sure. Yeah. Oh, it's, it's exciting. What was your first product? Like, how did you think, oh, we're going to do this, the, this arm of the business? Yes. Our, my very first, I had a couple products that were like kind of first. And when we first started the farm, we had a lot of lavender, like a lot of lavender. And so I had saved all the buds from the lavender, you know, dried them. Sure. And we did um, like a soap with lavender buds in it. And then we did a, it's called a goat's milk bath tea. Mm-hmm. It's got the powdered goat's milk and Himalayan salt. And it has the lavender buds in it as well. And it's just, you feel luxurious when you take this bath. It's, you know, unlike anything I've ever taken, it has cocoa butter. And then I also did a cuticle balm that has a lavender essential oil. And a lot of these things that not necessarily the soap, the products that were created were out of a need. Like I had terrible hands because I don't like to wear gloves. Mm-hmm. So my cuticles were always dry. You know, the bath was just feeling tired from all this, you know, hard work. I tell everyone what they say, what do you want for your birthday? I'm like, I want my back of a 25 year old. That's what I want. Oh, but um, I, I, other day I said, I'd take a 40 year old right now. That back. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, so those were the first products. And really we, we would do three or four farmers markets a week with our produce mm-hmm. and flowers. We grew wow. a lot of produce then, and it was probably 25% flowers, but we needed some like value added, you know, other products in that stall. And then also I realized after that first season here, if you're growing vegetables, we were usually done October. Then I had from really October to May of no revenue stream. Mm, so yeah, that was really why I made it is I needed to feed the animals, pay the electricity. I mean, it, it was out of necessity. Like I can't sit here for this many months now right. with flowers. We're 12 months a year in flowers because mm-hmm. we like we're harvesting now we're in May, everything we're harvested, we put in, in last September. So okay. uh, we're in 2022, we put in yeah. September, we started harvesting those in into January and ours will go until frost. But then we're, we are also dry every day. We're drying flowers. Wow. We harvest as much for dried as we do for fresh. And then, then you have in the fall, all the dried for not only the sachets, but also for just dried bundles and yeah we ship those and we're going to add a lot more workshops with how this, this fall, how to make a dried wreath, things that we haven't done before. We redid our garden. We have a little thing called a garden house and we've had it and we just redid it. And I've I've never had like real heat and air conditioning. Oh my goodness. (laughs) I mean, a window thing and, you know, little space heaters, but like I, you know, at 10 years, I'm like, okay, we can offer more workshops, but you know, I'm okay when it's freezing, but not necessarily the person who isn't used to being outside. Well, it makes a lot of so, sense. And I, I love that you have really figured out something for 
every month, more, many things, you know, that will carry you through every month, feed those sheep. And, and, and now you have clients and customers that are probably looking for what can we do now? What can we do now? What's the yes. latest class? And yes. so, and I'm curious about your um, workshops and classes and things too, because living in Northern um, or in the Pacific Northwest and Northeast Washington, Northeast, Northwest Washington, um, there's a lot of flower farmers here, a lot of, um, dahlias and zinnias, but like all, all the things floret and all that. So it, there's, it's sort of a, it's a delightful, I don't want to call it a trend because I hope it doesn't go away. But like you said before, I, I feel like our grandparents, I mean, my grandparents were seed people. They were, my grandmother was Morse of fairy Morse. That's long gone now. But, um, we, so we have like historical references of pictures of a victory garden and things like that. And, and I remember looking at that thinking, Oh, wasn't that pretty, you know, we, we grew like geraniums or whatever it was, which was, which was lovely. We just didn't live in a place where we had a garden, but now, even though I don't have room for it there the climate and I'm just so eager I can't wait to see you know my flowers come up and and go and visit because I live in a rural kind of agricultural area too the the lady down the road that has the the heirloom plant starts and what sweet peas do you have this year and what's it's so rewarding it's one of the most rewarding things because it's not up to you you maybe pick the colors to put together mm-hmm. but mother nature is just magical. And, and you just have to try and, you know, follow her lead. Yes. And hope for the best. So I told and hope for the best. And, you know, it's, yeah. Hope for the, well, we have a heavy cricket load this year and, you oh, know, gosh. you'll go out and you have the beautiful direct seed and you're like, where did it go? You ate it all. Yeah. So we're doing a lot more, typically we direct seed a lot of things, but we're going into trays, you know, starting in trays okay. just because we're tired of fighting with the crickets we've given up. But it's, but it is, you just, it's, it's great. And I think that's one of the things people love about the workshops is, they get to take two hours of their, their day, whether they're traveling from out of town or, you know, locally here, and they get to enjoy this beauty that we've really nurtured and cultivated sometimes, you know, five months to get where they are, you know, where we are, like, especially like when we hit Lysiantha's season. Oh yeah. And those were in uh, so long ago. And, but I think people are, are especially after COVID looking and appreciating experiences more than things. Yeah. And we have, we have a lot of people who are attending our workshops who come with their best friend or their moms or their grandmothers, because they aren't taking for granted that you need to come and enjoy every moment and do these. You're going to remember that experience forever mm-hmm. versus a thing. And right. I think that's you, why, you know, they're so popular. I love that so much. Plus you, it's a reason to go to your farm and, and have that beautiful experience and see just the whole thing. And then again, do something with a friend, have a moment of creativity. I, I, in the windowsill workshops that I do, you know, it's two and a half hours. So you get to do something. It's not like you have to do it again ever, but you, you have that moment of like, Oh, I took this time for myself. It's like putting, making yourself a great bath or whatever it is. It's just a moment. And that must bring it's just so fun to see people gathered together and, and really exploring something that makes them feel good. Yes. And we have like a lot of open question time, like it, you know, what the beginning, I kind of talk about our processes and a lot of people say, well, what were, would you grow up? You could only grow a handful at your house, a cut garden. And we'll talk about that. Mm-hmm. I know like the, a few weeks ago, I 
I got, I think it was an Instagram message and it was someone who attended a workshop and she had never arranged flowers. And she sent me a picture. She says, now I know these are from the grocery store, but I did everything you taught us and look, what do you think? And they were beautiful. So it's that kind of feedback, even though in that moment you're giving that experience, but she said, and she said, I've never been brave enough to like do this at East was Easter, I think. And I made this table arrangement and it was gorgeous. And that to me, you know, it reinforces, Hey, you're really, you're doing something more than just a workshop. You gave them confidence to enter. Maybe it's to entertain or to share their love of flowers where she'd never done that before. Right. And it was great. Oh my gosh. I love that. It would be fun to figure out um, a way to do a windowsill workshop with you where we could order dried flowers or, or, you know, something, something or other to, to bring that and, to everybody. And maybe we can in the fall when we can do the, uh, the wreaths. Cause those are, you know, shipping the dried, we've kind of, we've gotten it down to, uh, a science, you know, a lot of people say, how do you do that? I'm like, let me tell you, we know exactly how that has to be packed to get to you. So that could be a lot of fun. Yeah. Oh, I love that. You know, I was looking through all the products you have and I know I asked you what you started with, but I saw, and you were saying earlier that you, you found like needs to fill, for instance, the, the chemo, um, was it a gift pack? Or yes. A- and, and this is the strangest story. Like I, I've, I think I've never even spoken about this story ever on a podcast. Um, so I had a, an account, this was years ago. We do Atlanta market and this lady, she'd been a customer of ours, but she worked for, um, they fitted, did the uh, prosthesis and they did the wigs and whatnot. And my mom had cancer in her late forties. So she said, you know, I really would, I love your products. I, we had these little spa experience kits, the cute tins, and it's kind of like a little sample sizes. And she said, I really would like to have something that we can offer to our patients when they are customers who are going to be the chemo patients when they come in. And I know how well like we have an unscented shea cream, which is very popular, uh, Castile goat milk. So the cuticle balm, and we do just a very mild tin of a little bit of spearmint lip, but really, you know, not harsh. And she said, would you, would you be willing to package this for us? And I said, well, sure. And I remember I wrote in the order form and our employees were like, we don't know what you're talking about. I said, well, I, I think I know how I can make this work. Well, the odd thing was when I was writing it for order, these are the days where you had to write out the credit card, yep. you know, like you had, you had the collated copy and, you know, yep. and I wrote out her order and her card expiration date was eight sixteen. My mother's birthday is August 16th. Oh my. Goodness. I mean, I started like, I had chills. Chills and I like had tears and I was like, okay. I said, you're not going to believe this. My mom's birthday was, I mean, I know this was eight sixteen year, you know, sure. August 6, 2016, but that was her birthday. And so in my mind, I thought, okay, this is something I'm really, like I get teary. I think about now I was supposed to do. And that's been like, you wouldn't believe the people, the notes we write for those. And you, you, and as someone who has lived through someone who's gone through this, you know, they're trying to just do something to help them. You know, there's something that brings them comfort. And it just is, you know, something I probably on my own, to be honest, would have never thought of, but she approached me about that. And it's just, I I just think that's sort of odd that that was the exact date on her card. It could have been anything. I love that. It's, that's a, it's a sign. It feels like. That's what I thought. I thought so too. And I just, you know, we, we uh, ship a lot of those out. I mean, 
every day. And, you know, there's so much, many people just, just in grief with someone they love and they want to do something. Yeah. And it is hard to know what to send to someone who's, you know, going through that. So, but it's been, you know, I'm really proud of that product also. And, and the feedback we've received from people who have received that as a gift mm-hmm. and love the product and, you know, go on to use more because it really did help them as they were going through a, you know, a tough, a tough time. Cause you know, scents bother people a lot when right. they're going through that. So anything that's quality unscented, I think that's why people love our unscented is like a lot of people who it's, you'd be interesting when we, we sell wholesale to stores, we sell direct to consumer on their website, the people who buy so much unscented because they think, well, what if they stop making it? Right. Because a lot of things you smell that are unscented really aren't unscented. You know what I'm right, saying? You right. smell something that has something. that in it. And I think they, always, and I'm like, that would be the last thing we would not, that we would discontinue <laughs> yeah. because it has nothing. In, it, we can find, if we can find those two ingredients, we're good. We're golden. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, so it, it's, that's been a great product. Uh, that, it, that is heartwarming and, and just shows the genuineness and the, I don't know. It just feels like the roots go deep, you know, for mm-hmm. you're making things because like you said, cause I want a delicious bath or, you know, this is a product that means something to someone, or we have these beautiful flowers. And I think that's how, that's how a strong business comes to be. It's like you said, it's finding, it's not like what's not out there. It's almost like it, the message or the idea comes to you. And then you think I want this cause I can't find it. Or I, I, I remember having it, you know, it, it brings up a memory or it, it helps me get mm-hmm. through this thing, whatever that is. I love that. But at, at the same time, you have a whole farm to run and, and all, all of that. And you live, it sounds like you live in a beautiful place, but only a tiny, tiny little town. It's tiny. It's like, well, they say 58 in the last census. I'm not even sure if it's 58 <laughs> now because, you know, some people, their kids are gone to college, you know, not to college, sure. but it's tiny. It's just a few blocks and there's no red lights. I mean, it's just like, did you already live there or did you find it? We moved here in 2000. But my husband grew up here. Our kids, his family's been here since the 1800s. Like the house oh, we live cool. in is 1826. Oh, so awesome. His family has been here for generations. So we moved back in 2005. And that's the reason that people ask what does 1818 farms mean? Right, and this right. little town was incorporated in the year 1818. Alabama oh, wow. didn't actually become a state to the year 1819. And we just that's thought since our family's been here so long, that would be, you know, an interesting name to have. And, sure. and that's kind of, we were just, you know, it was kind of hard when we were trying to name the farm, like, what do we want to call this? And, right. and that was kind of what we came up with. I think it's a beautiful, memorable roll off your tongue kind of thing. And that, that meaning is great. Have you had to um, add a lot of structures and you say that is the product made in Huntsville or put together in Huntsville and then it's all made in Huntsville. It started in my kitchen years ago. You know, it was just me and, you know, and then we're in our third office in Huntsville. Now we actually uh, just moved last June. We actually were able to design a place that we thought, okay, this is going to meet all of our needs. You know, we were, you know, so we were finally at a spot where like for years, five of us were in like one office. Yes. or four of us, you know, we were like, they're like three, you know, we would all have the same office. 
but we actually have a, two offices, which we're hardly in that much. But when you're in there, it is nice to have an office, you know, that actually has a window because we were like, really, it was in the warehouse. And it was like just yeah. some things stuck up in the back. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they're all manufactured there. And a lot of that is Mooresville is um, about 20 to 25 minutes from Huntsville and to find employees. You know, you need to be closer. No one, you know, today, no one's going to want to, I mean, I know people are laughing 25 minutes, but if your kids are in Huntsville and everything you do is in Huntsville and you're working part-time, you're really not going to want to come, you know, to Mooresville. So that's why we moved. And also our kids went to school in Huntsville. So that was another reason selfishly for us is if we, after school, we didn't have to come home for two hours. You know, we just had like a little homework place area in our office. And then if they had activities at six o'clock, then we could yeah. just hang Perfect. out our office. So, but hey, now they're all grown and it's about all driving. So, yeah. Do they, are they super involved? Do you feel like they want to, to be there? Does, do, does anybody stand out as really wanting to come back and do this? I don't know. You know, like I would say maybe my youngest might be the most, my oldest is, um, a computer science engineer major. So I doubt he would, you know, he's doing missile defense is what he'll be doing. But, um, my middle one is about to go to college and he does like, he's doing a lot, like he's delivering flowers all afternoon today. I mean, they've been a huge help in that having drivers because, you know, we deliver, I mean, he delivered yesterday. I mean, he's delivering flowers today and they help like with that. We just had a open farm day, May 7th. And that was all hands on deck because we had so many people come to that, but but the youngest, I think I'm going to really, she's very artistic too. And so I'm hoping to get really get her involved this summer in the uh, press flowers and things, you know, to really uh, cultivate her eye for that and yeah. get her involved in that. But, you know, they, she's built bouquets. I mean, they've all done different things, you know, you know over the years, but, you know, you never know. And, and also your thoughts can change when you're 18 to 22 after you get your first job as right. anyone knows, and you're like, huh, is this what I want to do? Exactly. So the grass might have been greener on the other side and I didn't realize it. Or they have this great foundation that they know they can, what, what great training. I mean, missile defense on one hand, but knowing how to make a bouquet on the other. I mean, you don't grow up taking care of animals and living around flowers and not get something out of that. So that's well, I remember when we first started our flower truck, my middle one did a route. He and my husband did one route. And one day he said, did you know dad could build a bouquet? And I was like, well, I hope so. He's running the flower truck. And, but it was just cute. I remember him saying that, that he thought that was just hilarious. That, that aha he, moment. Yeah. I was like, well, yes, you can build one now. So it was just really funny. Oh my gosh. I love it. Um, what do you, what are some things you're looking forward to upcoming? Personal or, uh, work well um i'm looking forward what work-wise y'all are gonna laugh at me we're building these beautiful panel panel arches we're trying to we're growing loofahs this year and i'm really excited about that i hope i have a lot of progress on that but you know the giant not like the loofahs in the sea but the loofah and we're in the design process of that with our giant arches i think it's gonna be beautiful so work-wise i'm very excited about that Awesome. Um, and then we're about to do a beach trip in a couple weeks. So I'm excited to do a family vacation and that may be hard to so, get away. It must be really, hard yes, to get away. it is. And we're trying to do this before our oldest, he starts his job because he, you know, won't have time off. So we're trying to do like a, a little last family vacation. So I'm very excited about my loofahs and the beach <laughs> and trip. The beach trip. 
I think that sounds absolutely fantastic. <laughs> Perfect. I'm looking forward, as I mentioned, to, to trying, like, if you're going to suggest, this is a good question, because I'm sure people are wondering, like, the top five things to try first. Just the average home garden. I would definitely do zinnias because everybody can grow. Those are so easy. I mean, mm-hmm. so easy. And we were having this conversation. We were building bouquets the other day. And we're like, what would we tell someone to do? Okay. You're so colorful and happy too. Well, I mean, I'm just like, definitely the zinnias. I would do that. People would laugh, but I love having a cinnamon basil filler because for us, it's prolific. You can just cut, 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 cut. And it keeps coming. It's really beautiful. Pretty um, color too. Yeah. It's really pretty. Then I would probably want some sunflowers because if, even though they could have, be, have some pollen, I think that's just beautiful. And that's an instant reward for a focal. And you can do the branching. If you do the branching, you cut it when it's about probably 10 inches tall and it's not going to get like so tall. It'll just shoot off a little side. Nice. And that's good there. And, and our climate, I love the Solosha, uh, mm. C-E-L-O-S-I-A, Solosha. But it's, you know, we're in a kind of different climate than a lot of, I know a lot of people like in where you live, they're going to have a harder time because it's so, it, you, your, our climates are so different. Right. You know? It's not and warm then, enough, long enough. And then Cosmos, I think are a great mm. flower because if you cut them when they're cracked, the bud is just cracking, they're going to last longer in, the, mm. in there, in the base. But also that foliage can be used as a filler. Oh, for so sure. those are good. Yeah. I mean, I would say, and anyone who's ever listened to me, Lysianthus are my favorite flower. But it is hard if you're not like we're growing 3000. I mean, but it's right. hard because you get one flush, you cut it and you get a second flush. So the person who wants to have bouquet after bouquet after bouquet, it's maybe not your best thing. Right. I just love saying Lysianthus. Yeah, me too. <laughs> such a great me word. too. And it's funny, you know, because really like in my climate, it would be very simple, like things that we grow that we don't do, we put the seed in or we put it in in September and we don't even have to cover like Larkspur, Delphinium, um, Sweet William, Snapdragons. Those are things that you could also do as a home gardener if you're kind of in our climate where those things, we never cover those. We have some things Mm -hmm. like ranunculus and anemones that we're constantly, the tunnels up and down, you know, that, but those are the kind of things that are, you kind of just plant them and walk away. And they're, I mean, they're hardy because it doesn't get that cold here. So those are easy things. So you could kind of have two gardens, maybe. (laughs) I love that. Do you grow many vegetables? No, not at all. We grow raspberries, thornless for the bouquets. Yeah. And it was funny. We were having this conversation last night. I had a raised bed at my house, but I turned it into a total, into a dye garden. Oh, last year, because I liked having things close to my house that I could just, if I had a second, I could, you know, do a a eco print or a bundle dye or something. And my son was like, my oldest, I really want to get into making this hot sauce. And can we just pull all that out? And just, we'll just put (laughs) that. And I'm like, you move that to the farm. I'm like, we are not pulling that out. No, it's perennial. (laughs) Yeah. But, um, I used to grow a lot of our food and now my parents still have a pretty big garden. So I get a lot from, luckily I'm able to just you know, get from yeah. things from them, but I've, I've utilized all my space for flowers. That's awesome. I love the dyeing too. I'm so, 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 so fascinated by the colors you can get, you know, avocado makes pink and all of the things. Yes. I just think that's amazing. I, I love the indigo too. That was, you oh, know, I worked with gorgeous. indigo last year and even the fresh leaf extra, extraction, the colors you get from that on silk. Mm. Fabulous. I've done the bat you know, gone, I haven't made my own vat, but I've gone and done workshops where you do the vat and you get the navies and those are very beautiful, but I like the, um, I think I've got a post maybe on my Instagram. It's been last fall sometime 
just the different beautiful yummy tills and aquas and it's just fascinating that that's what you can get those colors and the history of it too the history of indigo and just it's just oh i love it so much i love it i'm so glad you're doing that as well me too and it's very it's one of those plants too like in the we have the hellebores we grow here and you just it's a shade flower you like you plant it you walk away you do nothing and you have these you have these beautiful flowers well the indigos to me, once you get it started, like literally we put it in the worst spot last year. I just had a handful of plants because I it was like, well, it worked and I did nothing and it was giant. And then you can just clip it and put it in water and it roots in like three days and just stick it somewhere else. So it's very interesting. I mean, it's probably our climate too has a lot to do with that, but it's prolific. Like I've never seen anything like it. And it's just, it's like magic. I mean, I feel like I'm doing magic. Like I do. And the funny thing is with the indigo, like what I learned last year, and this is, we were starting more indigo yesterday to have it staggered, you know, not that it wouldn't be, you wouldn't have indigo in October that you planted now, but I found after I cut it once and let it grow back and cut it again, even if I had the same weight of the leaves, I couldn't achieve the same color. So I don't, yes. So I don't know if it's, I mean, I'll know more this year if it was just because of the heat. Was it because it was the, you know, the, the first foliage is usually more lush, you know, those cuts, but I could not get, I could not get a color I wanted and I did everything exactly. But also it has a lot to do with the time of day you cut it, like you should cut it really early. And so we're going to try and do a lot more different successions of indigo because we usually, I mean, I think last year frost was the end of November. It was so late last year. So yeah. Oh my gosh. So fun. That'll be fun to watch. I'll have to keep my eye on that. And if you had, if somebody had never bought your products before either, what would, what would be a starter set? You have to buy the shea cream. It's like, I tell people if they're a store, like I know you're, we're talking to your customers, like it's the workhorse. It's what people use and they they buy them all again, but this is like, people are like, I can't live without it. And it's just shea butter and the coconut oil. And, um, but the thing is, is what people are amazed by is literally you put like a pea size, like you don't, you know, a lot of people are tend to like just scoop down in there and they think they need right. a lot, but there's no water in it. it it's how little it takes nice. to apply that. And I love the lip, the lip care. Like I have that in my pocket all the time love and that. I use the Argan face serum a lot. And, and, you know, not that I don't like all the others, but it's kind of one of those, I tell people it just, you feel so hydrated with it and it doesn't clog your pores. And I tend like I I had saw someone yesterday and they're like, I love the shea cream on my face. And I was like, I'm glad you do because I cannot do that because mine would probably not receive that well. It's thicker. Yeah. But the Argan, I try to really do, you know, treat my skin well, just because we're in the sun so much, you know, and I, I do a 50 sunscreen and a hat, but still. Yeah. You know, try and really pamper that skin as much as I can. Yeah. Oh, I love that. That's so good. So many things. I, it makes me want to, um, jump on a plane and come take some classes and come visit. <laughs> tell, tell people like the best way to, if they want to come visit, you have that open garden day and then you have your classes. Yes. The open farm day we just passed and it, we had almost 3000 people come for that. Wow, it was a free day. Like we try and offer one day a year that is free. So anybody can come um, just in case there's somebody who could come and that would, you know, the money would, you know, maybe at this time, I mean, I'm sure everyone knows the gas is so expensive. What if, right. you know, they're, they couldn't come. So right. we open it for free. There's no charge. 
Yeah. And we had a, a lot of people and everybody was so gracious. We had not, we used to have our shoot shearing day and then COVID happened and we had to cancel it. And then we haven't been able, we have a new shear and we haven't been able to do that, but this was, everyone was, I was a little nervous. Like you, I think you wonder like, is there enough for people to see even for me? And I was like, what if they thought they're And my husband's like, it's free. It's, I mean, it's, <laughs> it's okay. free, but you want it. I, I always want it to look when they visit the farm, it's what they see on Instagram or Facebook. Sure. Well, you yes. know, I, I want it to be That's what, not always easy. Yeah. Because I want it to be that. And so, but everyone was so excited and they just were, oh. I mean, gracious is the only, I mean, to have that many people, you would think there could be someone who every person was great, was just wonderful. Every person. Right. And um, so that has passed. And so then the workshops, there's a few spots left in our flower workshops, but we will be, Probably in August, I'll start offering the dried, which we've never done. Um, we do these beautiful dried flower initials. I'm going to offer a workshop on that. The cloches, the dried flower cloches, and then probably the wreaths also. And that, I'm very excited to be able to offer those. It's yeah. just, we have never, you know, I just didn't have the space really. Because, I mean, I have an outdoor beautiful pavilion with lighting, but you just don't know right. at that time of year. And also dried flowers, if it's more humid, like it is here, I've done some offsite workshops. You have to worry about, even if they're as dry as they can be, if it's so humid, you know, we're constantly running a dehumidifier in there. Oh gosh. You know, it can mess, it can bother the stems. So we have that humidity here. So those will be coming up. And then we have, um, you can follow us on Instagram or Facebook. And when I do all the Instagram and Facebook, and when I'm not posting, that means I'm really busy. I know people are like, you need to plan this out. I'm like, I never know what's going to happen. Like today, I took a, most be- a picture of the most beautiful poppy I've ever seen. Oh God. Like I would have not known that poppy was going to be there yesterday. Right. I mean, it's right. gorgeous. I, have, I mean, it's gorgeous. So if I'm sorry, some people are like, you're not posting enough. I'm like, I have been really busy. <laughs> or, or maybe I don't see anything that I feel is post worthy. I'm not going to just post to post. You know, I feel like if I'm going to post it, it means something. Um, that. that, and then we have a YouTube channel. We, we need to add more to the YouTube channel. We did a lot during pandemic because I couldn't really host people. So I tried to get as much education out there as I could. And then I've just signed on as a, uh, expert for bloom TV. So I have like an oh, affiliate cool. link there. That's so I'm great. starting to work on videos there, but yeah, yeah. so those are the best ways to kind of yeah. catch us. That's fantastic. And go to the website and, and, uh, the, oh, the best way too is like if you want to know about those happenings, so let's say the workshops that we just went live a week or so ago, we send to our email list first and we wait a week, then we post it on social media because we give them a priority contact. So that's the best way to know is to sign up for email list and you will receive very minimal emails from me. <laughs> I mean, you receive maybe like, you only receive important news that you need to know. I'm not the person who fills two emails a day for me. It's maybe right. a handful of emails. Yeah. And it's 1818farms.com. Yes. Perfect. What about a book? Uh, you sound like, I know. I really, everyone, I, my biggest regret is I should have written everything down interesting that happened over the years. So if you're starting out in things that you think you'll never forget, especially when we did field trips with the children for so many years, uh, we did those April, May for years. But just anything that happened, I should have written it down. That's my number one regret. Mm. you know, I mean, but yes, I, I know I've thought of that, you know, uh, I, I really have, you know, thought about, I'd like to just, you know, capture what happens month to month at the farm 
And then in some ways, like you were saying, it's similar, but then some months it's different. I mean, depending yeah. on the year, you know, I never would have thought I'd be harvesting anemones in January this year, but it was sure. seasonally warm in December. And so things came early, but yeah, that's could be an idea is the book maybe, but, but I should have written every, everything interesting that happened. Well, you know, I think it's like you said, are people going to like this open house? I think, you know, you're involved in it and surrounded by it every day for, but for those who aren't, it's just even just a glimpse of it. It's fascinating and enchanting and wonderful. And, and you've been so wise to have things that people can buy and bring 1818 into their home and their lives, but a chance to read a little bit more, see a few pictures or visit that Instagram, or I love that you have the YouTube channel. All those things are great ways to find you. I love that. So I, I always love to know, of course, who's inspiring you. Oh, yes. And it was funny when we were talking about this, it was, for, and I thought people will laugh when we were all thinking about who's inspiring me. And it's actually someone local here and his name is Stuart South and he has been an integral part in our success at the farm as far as he helped with my irrigation he helped, every time there's a problem he's the person and wow. he he just built a um like an addition a storage side to our garden house when we did the renovation and he inspires me because there's never been anything I've asked him and he says I can't do uh, no. I mean you know I mean and everything he says he's gonna get done he gets done and it happens and it's beautiful. And he's the one that's going to help me build my arch, my loofah arch, <laughs> my giant loofah arch. So Everybody needs a steward. Oh, he does. So he came with this beautiful, uh, like briefcase. And I said, what, where did you get that? He goes, I just decided I'm going to sew leather. And I'm like, you're going to make leather handbags. What was happening here? But yeah, I think that's, and I think that's great to surround yourself with people like that who are inspirational and have that can do attitude and for sure. Get, those, are, get it done. those are the minds that come together and, and keep you going, keep you inspired. And you know, you can say, I'm thinking of an arch and they're going to make it, you know, something that you didn't even imagine. Oh yeah. Like I talked to him the other day and I said, are you sure we can get, cause our, our pathway is fairly large. Cause you have to be able to get the flower truck through there. And he said, I thought on it. I drew it out in our warehouse and so I'm excited. I was like, are you sure we can get it up? All of us here, can we get this arch up? So now I just need to make the, sure the lupus grow. So, yeah. but yeah, he says it can be done. So hopefully the first week in June, we're going to try and get the, those cattle panels that make a beautiful lupa arch. Oh my gosh. That's great. We'll have to check that out. I love it. Awesome. Well, I'm just so, so grateful to hear just a little bit more about your path and what you've been doing. And it's so inspiring and it makes me want to go dig in my garden and just see what I can make happen as well. So thank I you. I you to do that. Thank yeah, you for having me. I today. will. Oh my gosh. It's been great. And I look forward just to following your path a little bit more too and being inspired as well. Thank you. Before you go, I just want to say a quick thanks for tuning in. I hope you found something useful to take away and something to make you think. For those of you listening in on Spotify, and I know there are many, you now have the cool option to show your love for Windowsill Chats quickly and easily. From the show page in the Spotify app, you can simply tap to rate it one to five stars. And of course, I'll really appreciate it too if you leave a review wherever you might be listening. See you next week, lovelies, and I hope it's a creative one.